Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the Field Goals Podcast. I am Dana O'Gorman. I cannot believe we are going into week eight of the NFL season. It feels like we literally just started the season two weeks ago. So much has changed. So much has happened. So many surprises. Lots of question marks. It has been a really fun season for Seahawks fans so far. I wanted this week to take a look at the rookie class of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, there have been a lot of articles written about it. There have been a lot of media event, you know, media people talking about it. We've had lots of press about this fantastic rookie class. I wanted to take a look at them again and, and really see where they're at. And in order to do that, I needed someone who knew this team so well. You guys know him as the host of this podcast, for a very long time, Brandon Schultz is back with me on the Field Goals podcast. Hi, Brandon. I'm back. I'm back. Thanks, Yay. Dana, for bringing me on. Oh, my gosh. We miss you. But <laughs> you are doing a fantastic job over on the Seahawkers podcast. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, I know a lot of people have asked me, are you still doing stuff with Field Goals? I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm just behind the scenes helping Dana with you know, publishing her stuff and yeah, it's true. Oh my gosh. I would die without you. I appreciate your time so much. All right. Well, let's, let's get into this. I want to start. And I know you've talked about this on your other podcast, but I want to get your thoughts today. This season, this team shocking to me, Brandon, how different are your feelings about this team now than they were just eight weeks ago? The well, the, you brought it up in the opener about the this rookie class. I mean, it's they're a big reason why this season has been so shocking. I mean, yes, you could say that Geno Smith and what he's been able to do has been tremendous and a little bit surprising. I, I don't think any of us expected that that Geno Smith would be this good. Now, there might be a few people that said, well, we watched the Jacksonville game last year and Geno was so good there. So he, why can't he just do that every week? And, it, and I tried to tell people, no, that to have that expectation for Geno to play like that every week, that's kind of crazy. And he's uh, he's proven us all crazy. Literally, I, I just and I say I just keep saying this and, and I'm sure people just think I'm repeating myself, but it's true. If you had told me this was this team four and three. I only had them win in five games all season, Brandon, and they only won four. I would have laughed in people's faces. It would have been just such a joke, but it has been such fun to watch this team and such a pleasant surprise. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Win or lose. I'm absolutely enjoying everything that I'm watching on this team, but you are right. This rookie class is so impressive. It is after the, Last few years of some questionable draft picks and questionable taking of players at, you know, spots maybe they didn't earn, I I was concerned. And yet you could just feel it even right after the draft that there was something different about this class. I don't know if it was the number of draft picks they had after last year or what it was, but it just, this class just felt good from two days after the draft. Yeah. And part of that was that there weren't any of those head scratchers coming out of the draft that we normally get. And I have a hard time with that because I I try and pay attention through the draft and, and know which players are coming out. So, but even still, there seems to be times where you, you just wonder where that particular pick came from or picking somebody early who is expected to go late. And it just felt like they, 
They picked guys where they were supposed to go. They picked guys who were needs for the team. And why did that change? I don't know. <laughs> what happened there? What happened? <laughs> I'm confused. You know, it was fun. I, I was lucky enough to be at the draft, which um, most people know by now. And after even the first three Seahawks picks, right? Um, the the media room was like, oh, and it was the noises they were making. I was like, oh my God, is that good? That's good. I'm so excited. And I I admit, I'm not a huge college football watcher, right? Yeah. I I watch, I very much pay attention to Montana State since that is my alma mater, but I I then keep an eye on what's going on in college football, but I'm not that, you know, devoted college football fan. Same here. So I start to do some studying, right? I, I start to study um, really after the Super Bowl. I get a great draft guide from my friend Emery Hunt, and I'm going through and I'm looking, and it is, I feel like I at least have an idea, but it's the excitement level of those other people. It's like, Oh, that was good. And I'll pull a little check mark. It's like, that was a happy phase. That was a sad phase. Um, and so that, that made me feel better. And that could have been it for me, but you could just feel it from everyone that they were very excited. Then moving into training camp, the hype that came around Tariq Woolen out of training camp was very surprising. And in preseason, we were questioning it a little bit because he didn't always look so great. No. Um, but that I think got people even more excited about this draft class, including the, the, the tackles. So let's look at them. Let's look at this draft class just a little bit more in depth. So of course, Charles cross was the first pick, um, in the first round, um, at the ninth pick, um, he has started every single game so far. He gets rave reviews. He gets great draft grades. He has his rookie moments, right? Like we, we see where we're like, Oh, you'll do better on that next time, you know, but he has gone against some fantastic players that he has really held in check just last week. Khalil Mack. I right. thought he did a great job against Mack. You know, he had to deal with some, some pretty impressive defensive linemen and he's really held his own. What are you thinking about Charles Cross? You've used the word uh, held and hold a couple times now. And really, that's yeah, the weakness sorry, uh, that I've <laughs> I've probably seen the most from his game. Um, yeah. And uh, so maybe that wasn't intentional by you. Maybe <laughs> it was not. But I agree. <laughs> but that was and, and really, when you watch some of his college stuff, right, you could see that that potentially could be a problem because he was so good. And, but I also thought that the way that he was that the way that he blocked in college that it wouldn't necessarily translate for him when he got to the next level. Like that was the big concern because he just, he would allow the defender essentially to get his arms right on the inside of him, but cross would just lock onto him right away and, and wouldn't let him go. And it worked for him in college. And it seems to have worked for him now at the NFL level too. I, I thought that the, the strength of the players at the NFL level would maybe overwhelm them a bit. And so that's why mm -hmm. I've been really happy apart from some of the holding calls that I, I think are maybe inherent with his particular style. It's true. And I'm wondering as, as, as most people know, rookies really make a huge jump into their second year. And I'm yeah. wondering if that's something that they can work him out of throughout the rest of the season going into next year. And if maybe we'll see a large improvement of that, of that from him, I will tell you Brian Baldinger's breakdowns of, of, of Charles Cross so are hilarious. Fun. He loves this kid. He is so fun. No, he doesn't love him quite as much as he loves Abe Lucas, who right. I'm pretty sure he would take under his wing, but 
he really seems impressed with what with what he's doing and and he's exactly as he was advertised in the in the draft and i in my opinion i don't know if it's your opinion definitely worth that first round pick yeah i i think yeah. with cross i i was a little bit skeptical at first because he was you had the the top two tackles that i felt like everybody talked about as the guys uh, and then Cross was number three, and the part of the concern was coming out of the offense that he played in in college, and you know would that translate to? And so I, I, I guess that I was caught up in that a little bit, and I'm trying to think of a guy that maybe went after him that I would rather have, and I, I can't think of anybody Mm-mm, other than neither. Ken Walker. But you know we ended up getting him anyway. <laughs> exactly. We'll get there. He's got. A, we got a couple more to, to go before we get to him. That's right. So with the second pick, obviously in the second round, the Seahawks had back-to-back picks um, and at 40 and 41. Boye Mafi out of Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. Um, he did not start out as a starter, but as we are moving through the season, he is playing more and more. And you can really tell that he is starting to get his feet underneath of him. And the game is, I won't say it's completely slowing down for him. He still has some moments, but I think he's greatly improved in eight weeks. And this is where I am happy philosophy wise from a coaching perspective, because I feel like in past years, there's been one or two guys where you wonder from Pete Carroll, why aren't we seeing more from X player? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tends to be on the defense and thank goodness it hasn't been with Mafe. And I don't know if that, if that's a philosophical change just based on mm-hmm. the youth of the team, maybe the talent level of, of some of the uh, players across the defense, but I'm glad to see more Mafe in there. And mm-hmm. especially after those first four weeks where we were just allowing opposing offenses to run the ball at will against this defense. And I, they weren't going to win many games continuing to allow teams mm-hmm. to run the ball and, and run up 30 points on the board and, like, I'm happy that Gino was able to respond for a couple of those games and still uh, put up a good offensive performance. But going down the road, you're going to need guys to play defense. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that Mafe has been working into that role, along with you know some of the other depth pieces. For sure. I really wish we had that San Francisco game back. Oh. I really do. Yeah. When you were talking about still being happy in losses, that was the one that, that still I couldn't <laughs> that say that I was happy well in a loss me. on that one. <laughs> No, we're never happy there. I wanted to keep that streak going that we had for a while against them. I think it'll be a very different game next time. So that'll be interesting um, on both sides of the ball now with them having Christian McCaffrey too. So that'll be interesting. But um, and then at 41, aw, here comes the golden boy, <laughs> Kenneth Walker, the third heir apparent to Rashad Benny, who honest to God, I've said this on this show his injury killed me yeah. because we were getting exactly what we wanted out of Rashad Penny. And, and, and so that was killing me, but man, has it opened the door wide for Kenneth Walker to literally run right through it. He is absolutely killing it. He is on everyone's list. Everyone's talking about him. He is not the second coming of Marshawn Lynch, but we love him almost just as much. And the funny thing about this pick, Brennan, was that there were a lot of people upset that the Seahawks took a running back that high in the draft. Right. Yeah. And how many of those? Shoot. If you were to do a redraft after what we've seen uh, from the Seahawks this year, what we've well, what we've seen from the entire rookie class, 
who doesn't pick Ken Walker on the top 10 of the NFL draft? He's a top right. 10 pick. There's no question. It's I love the fact that the running back position has been devalued enough that we could get a guy like him in the second round. That, yep. that worked out really well for the Seahawks. I love the run game, though. I know that uh, I, I am surrounded by people who completely dismiss the run game. I love the run game. I think it's one of the funnest parts of the most fun parts of football. But I just I, I'm I'm so happy that he is bringing to the table what what people thought he would. And so those people that were complaining can just kind of shut up about it because he's really good. How how far out in terms of hyperbole do you go with Walker? Um, what do you mean? Well, it's it's pretty easy to get excited about him right now. Like, how good there. do you think he can potentially be? You know, I know we're only three games in, but I it's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I want you to ask me that question again at week 12. <laughs> you're not ready. I'm not ready. Well, just because it's hard. He's not quite the Marshawn style. He is no not, different. Yep. He's not the Alexander style, but he has components of Alexander. I think he has like the vision that Sean had, that Sean had. Um, mm -hmm. And he has a shiftiness though, that, I mean, if you're comparing him to other Seahawks running backs, like you probably have to go to Kurt Warner uh, who had that, you know, really yeah. shifty style. I saw style. that comparison after that last game. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the Seahawks running back that you compare him to. But even if you go top NFL backs, I wonder where you go. I don't know. He's a little hybrid still right now. I think that we have to kind of wait a little bit longer to actually see who he'd be. Um, you do see the shiftiness, the, the, the burst of speed a little bit. Oh, I hate to say Adrian Peterson because everyone compares everyone to Adrian Peterson. But I like that he has that. He'll try and run right through somebody aspect of Marshawn Lynch. Right. But he seems as as bulldozer-esque as Marshawn was. Kenneth seems to be a little more light on his feet. Yeah. And I'm not saying Marshawn wasn't. People don't come after me. But I'm just saying he just seems a little more light on his feet that way. And I think that's what it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Well, I think what you, you know, and not to put words in your mouth, but I think Walker mm -hmm. would rather run around people than through people. And I think Marshawn's the opposite. Smart. Oh, for sure. He likes knocking people over. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> God love him. But yeah, I'm really thrilled with this pick and I, I'm really thrilled with how he's playing. Um, I hope he's durable because that has been an issue for Seahawks running backs the last few years, obviously, as we have seen. Um, so I'm hoping that he's durable. I hope that he lasts the whole season because after him, even though I like DJ Dallas a lot, it's a bit of a drop off. So got to hold on to him tight. Then coming in, in the third round at the 72nd pick, we have Abe Lucas. Talk about a gem. Now, if I were to reconfigure how the Seahawks did the draft, sure. I would still take Cross at one. I would take Abe Lucas as the second pick. Boom, boom. Just to make sure. Now, luckily, they were lucky enough to get him in the third round, which is shocking to me because he is such a good player. Um he is right now. He started every single game so far. Um, as of last week, he had a pro football focus um, rate, a blocking grade of 70.5. He is just those first few games when he was just pancaking everybody and knocking everybody down. He's had a few rookie moments since then. That's okay. Learning. We get it. You know, different defenses. But these, both of these rookie tackles, these bookends, have been just insanely impressive. 
for rookies. It's been so fun. Yeah, insanely impressive for, gosh, any NFL talent, right? I Going into the right. season, though, it was the the thing that was the most concerning. Like, no matter who ended up being at quarterback, they were going to have two rookie tackles. And we know, I mean, Dana. That has to scare people. <laughs> especially when you consider some of the, the talent that they've taken on the offensive line in the past, that you wouldn't want those guys starting necessarily week one. Um, I mean, shoot, by the end of Fetty's time here, I'm not sure people wanted him starting. Uh, and he was a starter for every single game uh, <laughs> from his campaign. So, and in just six weeks, do the, are there any problems that you look at and say, with Abe Lucas? I, None. I brought up some of the criticisms with Cross and the holding. I, I don't have any of that with Lucas. And you were talking about doing the, the redraft and, and taking... Lucas second, just to make sure you got him. If they were to reconfigure the draft, Lucas doesn't fall out of the first round either. No, he sure doesn't. Isn't that a fun to think about? It's like all three of those players, really, the the first, third, and fourth player, they would all be taken Easy. in the first round. Probably top question. 15. Without question. Yeah. Look, that just makes me smile because <laughs> it's like, nice job. You did it, Seahawks. So good. Well, then they weren't done there. In the fourth round, they went to Kobe Bryant who also has been starting a lot on this team. Now, he was really kind of overshadowed by Sauce Gardner. And to be quite honest with you, I still think he is being overshadowed by Sauce Gardner, who is playing out of his mind for the Jets. Let me I'm not taking anything away from Sauce. The kid is phenomenal, right? But he's from a small school. He was from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, but he feels like a Seattle player. He is leading the league. I don't know if he's leading the league or the rookies. I, I can't remember now um, with the most um, forced fumbles. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. These, everyone keeps talking about, you know, he reminds me of peanut. Tillman. He just knocks everything you know, on the ball out all the time and how good he is. And this little grouping of him and woolen in that back, the back half of the field is just so much fun to watch. But here's what gets me. I want to know your opinion on Bryant, but I also want to say, the top five picks are all basically starters. Right. That's crazy <laughs> to me. Yeah. And I wonder in the past if Kobe would be in here starting or if he would be a guy that that Pete would look to as is maybe needing a little bit more seasoning before he got as many reps as he has been through the first part of the year. Because <laughs> I, I really think it's unfair for Kobe Bryant to be compared with a lot of these rookies. We're talking about a fourth round pick and that I, I feel so nitpicky sometimes, you know, watching him play <laughs> during the games. And you know, there was one play against the chargers where they were in zone defense. And I think it was Mike Williams running at him. He passed off Williams you know, like, cause he was going to toward the safeties and there was a, a, a throw that was right in his zone that he would have been able to just, I think, step in front of if he would have been. I, I just don't know if he wasn't paying attention or or if he was just covering his spot of grass. But I found myself getting mad at Kobe Bryant for, you know, <laughs> get your hand on that football. And then I think, well, it is. Gosh, it's week seven. And, you know, he's can't get that. I can't be too pick. hard on him. And <laughs> but I have all so these expectations. Exactly what I was going to say. They have they have set us up for all these expectations because they have been playing so insanely well. And 
honest to God, if they had only had these five picks, it would have been a slam dunk. You know what I mean? And and it was, it was just perfectly executed by Pete and John putting this draft together and the way they've been doing it. They did it. It was just, it's, it's a little overwhelming and, and surprising. Let's be honest, because their draft history has been questionable the last few years, like I said at the beginning. So this has just been so, so impressive. But then we haven't even gotten to the best and one then. <laughs> And then you have out of the fifth round, that magical fifth round. God love the fifth round. <laughs> Tariq Woolen, everybody's favorite new player on the team. Tariq Woolen has been, has he has lived, absolutely lived up to the hype that Pete Carroll was pushing at us in the preseason and during camp. We questioned it. We said no, but, you know, we're not seeing it. And then now we're all having to eat our words. Tied for number one in the NFL with four interceptions through seven games. He's a rookie from little tiny. What is it? UTSA. Is it San Antonio? Yep. <laughs> University of Texas, God, San Antonio. Love it. He has been fantastic. Now through last week, and I want to say that there's a great article um, on field goals by Stan Taylor and that he goes through all these rookies and, and, and so you should take a little time to read it. Um, it was actually posted last week. So you might have to dig a little for it now. Um, but as of last week, he was allowing a passer rating of 38.6. Oh, 38.6. Oh my God. I just want to squeeze him. And I get so excited because I love defense so much. And then there's all the Sherman comparisons and then Sherman's out there talking to him on the field and doing some coaching. And then there's that great clip of uh, Pete talking to Sherman saying, Oh, we got this kid, Sherman, you got to go see him. And Oh my God, it just makes me so happy. It makes me giddy because I had absolutely no expectations for this team. And so these rookies have just really given it to us. Tariq Woolen, is he as good as we all think we are seeing on this field? He's got to be. I mean, the from what be, we've right? seen so far, you brought up Sauce Gardner. I, I mean, I'm not sure Sauce Gardner is Tariq Woolen. Um, and that's that's pretty incredible for the Seahawks in the fifth round. That is quite a statement. Well, I mean, just based off of what we've seen. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. Hey, look, Jets fans are excited. I understand you know, what Brees Hall was doing, <laughs> uh, what Sauce oh, has I done know, through the foot. And man, the, I mean, yeah, Hall for him to get injured yeah. is such a bummer. Oh, um, yeah, but I I could see why Jets fans would be excited having a mm -hmm. an amazing back and an amazing corner because we get to have that, too. And right for the Seahawks to do it in the fifth round. And Again. I was in no position to be expecting it this early because even with Sherman, right, we, we have that history and that expectation mm -hmm. of yeah, Sherman came out. He had what the nice game against A.J. Green. Uh, when they right. had the, the injury in his rookie season that really allowed him to get into the starting lineup. And yeah, I don't think that, uh, I wonder if Sherman, if that success helped pave the way for, for Pete, to, or if it was just the depth at corner uh, and the expectations yeah. of this team that allowed him to start week one. Because how good has it been now for him to learn on the job and for him to do what he's been able to do in such a short period of time it's right it's crazy to me it's mind-bending is what it is i can't even stand it 
Oh, it's just been fantastic. So yes, we all love Tariq Wallen. And one th- other thing that you mentioned that, that uh, and maybe we can talk about this more at, through the, the rest of the class, but when you, when you talked about Wallen and said you could just squeeze him, um, it just <laughs> right. got me thinking of how good a dudes are all these players. Like they just seem all really nice. Like hearing from Ken Walker, give him credit to the offensive line mm-hmm. and just, I just all the personalities, the, the guys seem incredible. They do. And they also seem like they've completely bought in. You know, that's a thing with Pete Carroll and, and every, all, all Seahawks fans know that, that he wants, he wants you to buy into his system and just, you know, soak yourself in it and buy into it and we can make this work. And I think that's why he does so well with these young players. That's why he did so well in college. Like he just has that for, you know, charisma for the younger players. And yet as players get older, get a little bit of ego, get a little more, you know, knowledge under their belt. They're like, ah, we know we've heard it. And it's like, and we heard that from some of the players that left that they got tired of the rah, rah. Uh-huh. These guys have all bought in and that's what they needed to do in order for this team to succeed this year, because had there been any question marks or they were just kind of half into it, it wouldn't have worked, but you can just feel from them that they are soaking in everything they're being told on from the defense, from, you know, hurt and sigh and all that. Yeah. It took them a minute to get rolling. Okay. We get that. God, we could talk about that for a half an hour by itself, but you can just see that they just are learning and they're taking what they're throwing at them every single week and getting better. And I think honest to God, as much as people don't want to give Pete Carroll credit for that, I think he has to take the credit for that. Yeah. And I'm not saying in the past too, they've picked up guys where you say, man, that guy, he's the, they've done a really good job of selecting guys who just seem to be great guys, but sometimes Mm -hmm. the talent doesn't quite match up. And just throughout the class, you've had that combination of both, which is incredible. Absolutely. All right. Last two picks. Um, haven't been playing as much. We have Bo Melton. He was taken in the seventh round. Um, and he is on the practice squad. And then there is Derek Young. And he's um also, I think he's been a healthy scratch. He was injured, I believe, too, a little bit. Um, and so we haven't seen as much as them of them. I don't know that we will, but still. Right. Good Lord. <laughs> when you have, you know seven of your nine picks or whatever it is that are, that are starting and contributing. All you can do is say that that is a successful rookie class. I am very excited to see four more games from these guys. I'm excited to see these rookies and how they deal with Tom Brady. And the reason why I say that it's not necessarily because of Tom Brady, but it's because of who he is, you know, that starstruckness that rookies sometimes can get around more important players and that sort of thing. I want to see how they do against some of these tougher opponents. I'm not saying that the Seahawks haven't had tough opponents, but you know, there's, there's tougher games coming. And I want to see how they do dying to see how that line does against our sweet Bobby Wagner and, 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 and that Rams defense and Aaron Donald, that'll be, that'll be a test. That'll be a test for sure. So I'm excited to watch them grow this year. And, and again, even though I don't have, I'm still in keeping my win loss expectations pretty low because you never know what will happen. And, and you want to make sure things are still rolling. Well, it's just fun to watch their development every single week. Yeah. The only thing that I would say about the final two receivers is, I mean, can one of them catch punts? Like, can we just get one of those guys? Oh my God. Right. Back to catch punts. (laughs) Let's try that out. Let's, let's get that going. (laughs) I know. I know Tyler does just fine, but I know Dallas doesn't. 
Uh, he struggled last week. No, I just I, I wish they could they could find somebody to do that. And and maybe I know. if I had to peg one to be able to do it, I think it would be Melton. I think he had some of that in yeah. his in his background in college, but hopefully that's something we can see going forward. Yeah. And I, I know what you mean about the win loss total. Although mm-hmm. I looking around the division, Dana, I mean, don't you kind of have right? that? Don't you kind of have the expectations that hey, hey, maybe, maybe the Seahawks team should win this division. <laughs> Right. I I will tell you, I never once thought we'd be on top except for maybe the first week because I really did feel that Seattle would be the Broncos. But um, there's definitely huge problems in Arizona and the Rams are an injury nightmare. Right. I think they're on their fourth string lineman now at this point. I mean, it's just a disaster over there, you know, and that is not their fault. And I feel I feel bad for injury ridden teams because I feel like that that's taken out of their hands. as, as bad as I can feel for the Rams, but you know, but then at the same time, I still think San Francisco is a powerhouse. And I think that defense is really amazingly good and they've probably helped themselves tremendously bringing in Christian McCaffrey. Um, however, the inconsistency there it still leaves the door wide open. I think for Seattle. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And you talk yeah. about injury concerns. I mean, it's, it's gotta be there with McCaffrey the 49ers are a team yeah. that have had some bad injury luck too when it comes to their running backs. I mean, they signed Jarek McKinnon and gosh, I don't even remember if he took how many games did he play for San Fran? Not hardly any. Right. So I know. Oh, crazy. What are your expectations for this team now as we close out this, this fine evening? I'm kind of leaning into this playoff expectations thing, Dana. I, I know it's. Are you really? So many bit, people are. It's a little bit early, but uh, <laughs> this team's so fun. I, I'm having such a it's fun so- time rooting for Geno Smith because what a what a cool story. And I know that, you know, you, you go back in terms of NFL history and and really the only guy that I've been able to come up with that has had this kind of success late in his career is Rich Gannon when, you know, he was. Yeah. After years of being a backup and then, you know, into the starting role for the Raiders and going to, you know, Super Bowls and uh, that late in his career. And, and maybe maybe could Geno Smith be be that guy? Hey, oh, my God. As Pete says, who would have sunk it? Right. Like, I, seriously, who none of us. Sunk Come it? On. I would not have. No, not one of us at all. No, I can't get to the playoff situation yet. I want them to. I want them to beat the Giants and I really want them to be if they beat both the Giants and the Bucks. And I'm not saying the Bucks are even that big of a, you know, competition right now, as we know that that team is struggling. But if they can beat those teams and then get four wins in a row, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all in for winning everything. I think that that will be just so much fun. So, yeah, it'll be really good. Doesn't it feel like they should beat both? Wait, which one do you think is the the tougher matchup for, for them over these I think next the Giants weeks? will be a tougher matchup. Yeah. I do. And there's a lot. We I did a whole pod, podcast last night about the Giants that was like, you know, they're kind of a paper tiger and, you know, they have holes. In, and I agree. They haven't won by more than a touchdown. They have lots of question marks. They don't ever lead. They don't win. They don't ever even get the lead till the fourth quarter, basically. And so but then I think, yeah, but they hang in there and that's, you know, can be a downfall for Seattle um, and Saquon Barkley is a monster yes. you're going to have to deal with. So. I'm a little more worried about the Giants, but even if they lose to the Giants and beat the Bucks in Germany, which I now have a lot of hope for, which I didn't. And when I bought the tickets to go to Germany, I was like, oh, we'll lose, but we'll go and it'll be fun and whatever. Now I'm like, hmm, 
that could be a really good weekend. Better win that game now. And now I have the expectations of a, for a win against yeah. Tom Brady and the Bucks, especially after seeing him lose to the Carolina Panthers, right? Didn't even get a touchdown. God, love it. Love it. All right. <laughs> Brandon, thank you so much for coming back on with me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This has been fun. I know. I'm sure our Field Goals listeners miss you. So we're going to have to have you back on again very soon. Anytime. All right, everyone. That is our show for this week. We will be back. I will be back again next week. Of course, you can catch Dan um, on the post game show. And then he does a little preview game um, of the next week's game. So you can check it out always at fieldgoals.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. 